Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus with producer Sanaa Marie. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose, the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. Be sure to follow Verbally Effective and Ina Esco on Instagram. Also, download the Verbally Effective podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com. Hey, this is Christina McCarter with City Tasting Tours, where you can fall in love with the city one plate at a time. I'm here at Verbally Effective Podcast with Ina Esco. Hey, everybody. What's up? I'm Janine Gordon, your girl from WMC Action News 5 and Bluff City Life every weekday afternoon at 3. You know what I'm doing. I am hanging with my girl. Boy, we got a lot to catch up. Miss Ina Esco, Verbally Effective Podcast. You gotta love it. Jeremy Serrano is a self-taught artist, chef, and activist currently living in Memphis who is proud of his Puerto Rican heritage. He spends his time creating content for his brand La Comida de Jeremy and his following of more than 12,000 plus followers. He was born in Puerto Rico and raised in Bridgeport, Connecticut, not too far away from New York City. Two diverse and beautiful places that helped be the framework for his creative hustle. Jeremy spent lots of time in the kitchen watching his abuela and mom cook up delicious Puerto Rican delicacies and the other time teaching himself to illustrate by watching cartoons on the TV screen. He credits these experiences for helping me realize his dream of being an artist and chef. Jeremy relocated to Memphis in 2017 to be with his boyfriend of six years. After a few months of living in the city of grit and grind, he decided to pursue a new career path in a field that would allow him to serve underrepresented communities. He landed a position at a local nonprofit that works to support the Latinx community in the 901. At this organization, Jeremy currently serves as the Director of Advocacy and Community Engagement. Through his brand and social media platforms, Jeremy openly shares his experience through the lens of a gay, Latinx, plant-based guy maneuvering the world that was set up to go against everything he is and stands for. Whether it's his illustrations with a message for change or a recipe to help teach a new vegan a way to eat, one thing is always certain. You can find Jeremy advocating for the people and working towards a more equitable and inclusive society. Verbally effective, your double E, Ina Esco here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in 
to episode 132 of the Verbally Effective Podcast. You guys know that you can download, listen, subscribe, write a review even on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, CastBox. We are on all platforms. And today I'm very excited because I have one of my Puerto Rican friends with me. His name is Jeremy Serrano, and he is a self-taught artist, chef, and activist. How are you, Jeremy? How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to be here. Great. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Verbally Effective Podcast. Like I said, me and my producers tonight have been stalking you for quite a minute. We absolutely love your YouTube channel. <laughs> and we're going to talk so <laughs> much you. about that today. Now, let's start at the beginning, Jeremy. Now, I know you are a transplant to Memphis. Uh, where were you born? Let's start there, Jeremy. Yeah, so I was born on the beautiful island of Puerto Rico, um, which many people may know or may not know that is a part of the U.S., so it is U.S. territory. Um, so it has lots of American influence, but still very rich in our Latino culture. So you'll hear people speaking English, but you'll also hear people speaking Spanish, and it's just nice and mix of everything. Yes, I've never been to Puerto Rico, but I definitely uh, would love to visit. Isn't it beautiful there? Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, my grandparents still live there. I still have family over there. So whenever I get the chance, I, I do go. Um, I highly recommend if you haven't gone to go, try out all the food. The food is delicious. The Puerto Rican delicacies is, is amazing. And then eating that food at the beach, even better. Mm, see, that sounds so good, eating food at the beach. Like, I need a beach right now. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> wow. So I know that... Um, you know, you didn't stay in Puerto Rico very long. When did you move, and where did you move to? Right, so I, actually, as soon as I was born, um, my mom and my dad actually moved to Connecticut because that's where they were living. Um, my, my mom just happened to be on vacation in Puerto Rico uh, like eight months, and so they wouldn't let her travel back. So we ended up um, oh. going back after I was born, yeah. Gotcha. And so... I was raised in the city of Bridgeport, Connecticut. It's about like 45 minutes outside of New York City. It's a, it's a urban city. Um, I grew up, you know, like in the hood, but a very rich neighborhood, very diverse, and I, I honestly love it. I, I go back as frequently as I can because, um, you know, my family's still there, and so whenever I get the chance, I'd love to go back home and visit. Wow. Now, growing up in Bridgeport, Connecticut, Jeremy, like, what was your thing? What were you involved in? You know, how was school like you know tell me about Bridgeport Connecticut yeah so Bridgeport I will say is also very diverse just like New York City we're not that far from it um it just happens to be a little bit more affordable um so a lot of people would move from New York City to Connecticut and then um, transport for work and stuff and so it's a, it's a city like made for hustle and bustle you find so many diverse ethnicities and cultures and there's bodegas on every corner and so I grew up there um like I said, you know, it, it is the hood from where I'm from, and I'm proud of it, and I love to talk about this because I think a lot of people, when, if they're not familiar with, you know, the terminology of the hood or, like, that culture, you think it's, like, bad or something, like, you know, dangerous. But on the contrary, I like to promote it and say, like, no, like, we have so much culture here. We have these amazing bodegas, and you're really close to your neighbor, and, like, there's always songs that playing out loud on somebody's, like, porch. It's, it's, it's amazing, and I honestly love it, and I, I miss going, but hopefully soon I'll be able to go and visit my family. 
I know. I know you miss your family, Jeremy. I know you do. Wow. Yes, this, this coronavirus. <laughs> Ooh, this coronavirus. Look, <laughs> look, I could go on all day about the coronavirus, but, uh, you know, for uh, just the sheer essence of the podcast, we'll tap into that a little bit later. But I do want to know, what made you move to Memphis? How did you get here, yeah. Jeremy? So I actually moved here for love. For um, love. love yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, I love it. So I I met my boyfriend um six years ago. And so we were doing long distance for almost three years. And after traveling to Memphis for so many so many months and years, I said, you know what, maybe it's time for a change and I decided like, Hey, I think I'm gonna quit this job. I'm going to just take a chance and so we decided to make the move after after I visited um, Memphis a couple of times. I fell in love with the city. It was, it was something new to me. I had never really gone to the South, and I really wanted to just experience a new life. Um, I've, I've always been on the East Coast, never anywhere else. And so I was like, it's, it's a perfect opportunity. Let's, let's try this out. We've been together for three years, so I think it's safe enough to say that we were, we're here for each other. And mm. it's been great ever since. Wow. Now, Jeremy, did you have any preconceived notions about moving to Memphis, you know, going from the East Coast to the South before you made that leap? For sure. So, so I would say us Northerners, we are kind of scared of the South. Um, and I think sometimes for good reason. <laughs> um, you know, it's just like all the things that you hear on the news, like the South is very conservative, the red state, and myself being somewhat of a liberal, very outspoken, as well as being a gay person of color, I I was scared to put myself in that situation where, like, you know, it could be a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. But then after coming to visit, I'm like, you know, it's actually not that bad. And then, like, my family was also scared for me to move out and just feel like in the South. But it's but because, you know, you hear about all the things that happened in the civil rights movement, the things that still happen to this day. Yeah. And so... I was definitely scared, but then I, I met my boyfriend and his family, and I got to know the city, and I was just like, wow, it's actually not not bad as, as they make it sound on the news, yeah. and so I was very excited to come. Well, good, and with that being said, you know, tell me about, you know, when you first got here, how was it trying to build community here, um, you know, not only in general, but, you know, with your Latino roots? And with you being a gay person of color, how how was it trying to build community here in Memphis? Right. So I will say it was a little bit harder at first because I honestly didn't know anybody. Um, my boyfriend, he honestly didn't know too many Latinos other than those that he went to school with. Um, so when I moved here, I was just like, where are the Latinos? Where are the Puerto Ricans? Right. And I quickly learned that, you know, the Puerto Rican population here is not so big like it is on the East Coast, or like the Dominican population. Here, it's more like um, Latin Americans or South Americans, and some, something that I had to get used to. So I really had to push myself to go out. Um, I consider myself to be an extrovert, introvert, and so sometimes it's difficult for me to go out there and go to events and stuff. But I realized that the only way that I was going to find them was for me to go out there. And so I started going to different, um, just like places like Midtown and Downtown and things like where everybody was hanging out at. Um, Summer Avenue and seeing all the diverse restaurants. And so after being able to like drive around, test things out, I really found a community here and I was excited to see that it was actually here in Memphis. 
Yeah, yeah. I love downtown, midtown, baby. That's where it's at <laughs> in Memphis. Right. Yes. And I miss hanging out there on Stanky Corona. I miss hanging out downtown. But I'm... <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> okay, so, you know, I've heard you mention your boyfriend and you moving here for love. Let's talk about interracial relationships. Now, yes, yes, you know, yes. when you moved here and you're being with your love, you know, how did you get any, you know, reactions, either positive or negative, um, when you and your boyfriend actually, you know, moved in together and just being out in public? Um, has everyone been receptive? I, I know you probably don't care either way, but, you know, how was that experience? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know you probably don't care either way, but how was that experience um, or how is it being in an interracial relationship? Because I have many friends that are, that are in interracial relationships and, and they have their ups and downs with it. Right. So for us, I will say it's been pretty easy. Um, of course, I'm sure there have been times like where we're out and people are like looking at you. Um, I try to ignore it. Especially since I, so I've been gay and out since the age of like 13. Okay. And so I've kind of gotten used to, you know, like people staring at you or people probably talking behind your back. So it's something that I try to ignore, but then also whenever I have the chance to have a conversation to educate people, I try to have it. But for the most part, it was fairly like easy for us um i don't think that we really had any like negative situations mm -hmm. especially not here in memphis um i think when we travel we actually have more um like homophobic or racist experiences yeah um which is surprising because like like i said earlier like i thought the south was like very racist and i'm sure it still is but yeah. in memphis specifically we haven't really had a lot of those experiences and so I'm very grateful that we've kind of had a great experience, especially as a gay interracial couple, because it's, like, it's even harder for us, because, um, you know, like, we have so much going against us. But for the most part, we've had a positive experience. Um, I was even scared, like, when we were looking for apartments or homes to live in here in Memphis, I was like, are people going to treat us differently? Are they going to let us even, like, tour the place? Mm -hmm. And thankfully, it's been, it's been a really good experience, and I'm very glad that the South has been so um, accepting and be, allowed me to, like, come here and comfort and not make me feel uncomfortable while visiting this place. Good. I'm glad you've had a good experience, Jeremy. Do I hear wedding bells? Do I hear wedding bells? Do okay. I've been telling him where's the ring at. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. okay, 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 look, I feel you, look, then that may be a little bit down the line, you know, y'all say you gotta live life a little bit before y'all, you know, tie that knot, tie that knot, well, let's talk about La Comida de Germain, am I saying that right, am I saying that right, you girl? did, I love it, yeah, yes, now, you know, it seems like you have this huge creative endeavor with your platform. Tell me about La Comida de Jeremy. Yeah, so La Comida de Jeremy was created about three years ago, the same time that I actually went plant-based. Um, and, you know, it's funny because I moved to Memphis. It's like the barbecue capital of the world, and I decided to go vegan. Yes. And I will, I, <laughs> I will say it, it did come from my boyfriend and a couple of cousins of mine that are also vegan. So my boyfriend is pescatarian, and so he taught me a lot of ways to, like, eat vegan and vegetarian while we were dating before I went vegan. And so when I moved here, I, I just started following a lot of people that were vegan, and I saw a lot of people of color, but then also the lack of people of color. And so 
moving to Memphis, a majority black city, also being from Bridgeport, Connecticut, majority Latino and black city. I, you know, I see the food deserts, I see the disparities, and also like all the health issues that our, our population experience. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to showcase just my culture, my boyfriend's culture, our travels and food that we eat, and how to make it easy to eat plant-based for our people. And you know, I, I welcome everybody. I don't, I don't say no to like anyone that isn't black or brown. But I want everyone to always know, like, I'm here for my people, and I want to support them in whatever way that means. So I like to interact with people, ask them like what recipes they want me to create, what 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 did they grow up on that I can learn how to recreate and show them. And so it's been a really rewarding experience. Recently, I went um, viral on the interwebs, yes. and. <laughs> It was because a, a company that, you know, uh, uh, that made ingredients and food that our families and for, for, for decades we all grew up on and have in our households and have in their households decided to support the current administration. And that was something that I was just not okay with. Mm-hmm. And so I decided, like, hey, let me pull out my iPad. I'm going to draw a little recipe on how to make these easy seasonings that my grandmother learned from him, her ancestors to make and taught me how to make. And I was like, listen, guys, like, we're here for you. I'm here for you. Let's teach you. Like, we don't need to support companies that don't support us. Right. Right. Was that a big deal when, um, you know, that particular company came out in support of the current administration? Like, was it like, you know, like, oh, my God, no, he didn't. Now I got to change up what I'm doing. Like, was that a big deal for you with um, – you know, you being a vegan and using that particular seasoning in a lot of your foods, or, you know, did you look at it like, okay, well, let me look at it as an opportunity with my platform? Right, so I kind of saw it as both. At first, I was just like, wow, like, I live in the South now, and this company, because it is so accessible to people who, you know, don't live on the East Coast, they sell, like, in the Mid-South, like, I have family in the Mid-South, I have, um, you know, I live here, I have family in the Midwest and on the West Coast, and so they tell me, like, Goya, that company that supported the, the, that administration, is the only company that we can find in our local grocery stores, whether it's Walmart or other stores. Mm. And so, unfortunately, um, they came out and said this, and I was like, you know what? It's time to show people how to make this because it is so easy to make at home. Like, we don't have to count on them to make it. And I think a lot of us, you know, we counted on it being so accessible to us. And I think that goes for anything in life. I think people, you know, love fast food because it is so easy to just pull up and, and buy it and eat it versus, mm-hmm. like, taking the time to cook things because maybe we don't have the time or the budget. But I want to make sure that my people at least have the knowledge and so, like, if they're able to make it at home, why not? Let's make it at home. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that, Jeremy. And, you know, I know you transitioned uh, to being – to being a vegan and and that is what you promote on La Comida de Jeremy. Now, tell me one of your like top, you know, recipes. Tell me about one of, you know, one of your more popular recipes that people have responded to. Um, is it something simple? Is it something very entailed? What are people really like tuned into as far as these recipes? You know, I get really creative, and I just, like, I make all kinds of things. Like, recently, I made a cheeseburger pizza. Mm, um, and there's, like, so many, thank you, so many cool things that I create. But I realized that the people react the most to Puerto Rican recipes, or just, like, the peanut Spanish recipes. And I found it so surprising because a lot of these things are very simple to make. 
And I think the reason being is because we're all so used to, like, eating it with meat or having, like, meat-based ingredients within the thing. Um, so, like, I will say, like, I've had a couple Puerto Rican recipes go viral on YouTube and on Instagram. And I always find it so interesting that that the audience reacts the most to that. So, like, one of my most watched videos is a recipe called Arroz con Gandules, and that basically is rice with pigeon peas. Mm. And so pigeon peas, they look like green peas, but when they're cooked, they actually turn brown. And so it's a really simple yellow rice with peas, and it's really delicious, but I always find it so surprising that, you know, like, the most simple ingredients and mm. recipes go, like, the most noted. And it's really awesome and rewarding to me, especially because my mom and my grandmother taught me these recipes. Yeah. And so for me to be able to veganize these things and have the audience is really, really love it, is really rewarding for me. And I'm very thankful for my culture. And it, it helps to show me that I should continue to do it. Yes, yes. Now, I know you got over 12,000 followers and counting on your YouTube channel and across your social media platforms. I know that number is going to get larger, you know, because everything is like digital now, right? And um, due to the coronavirus, it has affected so much of what we do and how we move. How has COVID-19 affected, you know, just your way of life and the way you move, Jeremy? For sure. So I do like with that Jerry full time and then I also work in advocacy full time. And so I will say it's kind of put a pause to both things, but it's taught me and the people I work with how to work remotely to the best of our ability. And so I've had to find new ways to one, interact with my audience because now I'm no longer able to like, you know, I go to new cities and meet people and try out new restaurants, which is another thing that I do on my platform. I like to promote and support businesses of color. Um, and how people can get there and go and eat it for affordable prices and all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to find new ways to do that. And then also for the advocacy world, it's really hard when you're not able to see people who are in need in person. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to learn how to work with my team and teach our community who sometimes struggles with technology, how to use technology so that we can connect with them to give them the best resources, like here in Memphis and Shelby County. So it's, it's been a challenging experience, but it hasn't been impossible. And I will say that it's made me a better creator and worker. So I'm very proud. Um, it's, a, it's an unfortunate situation, but yeah. it's not one that, you know, will keep me sitting down and say, like, I'm giving up because I, I refuse to give up no matter if we're going through a pandemic. Yes, yes. You know what? This pandemic has really... Uh, tapped into the creative side of many people that's that's what I'm noticing you know it's like we have to figure out other ways to do what we do and you do it so well Jeremy where do you want to take La Comida de Jeremy where do you see it going yeah, so I want to continue to grow I really want to work with companies who support people of color um, BIPOCs gay people LGBTQ plus and that really supports the vegan movement within our community, but then also to have our back. And when it comes to times with, like, you know, like whether it's the current administration, whether it's police brutality, whether it's white supremacy, like all of it, I want to work with companies that support us and not just in the moment where we're screaming, like, you know, Black Lives Matter, and they come out of the woodwork and say, like, yeah, we agree, but then they disappear. Uh, I'm very against that, and I want to make sure that I work with companies that support my brand and our people. Um, I'm actually opening up an art shop on August 14th. 
Ooh. And I'm really excited. Yeah. yeah. And so it, this is a, a new venture for La Comida Jeremy. I, I mainly focus on um, recipe creating and sharing food with people. But now I found a recent love for something that I used to do when I was younger, which was illustrating mm-hmm. and how to do it digitally. Mm-hmm. And so it, my audience have really interacted with it. They really love it. And so I realized that many people were asking me for merch and I've never been the person to, you know, put my name on the tote bag and say like, here, buy it. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure people have something that they love and that they can actually utilize. So I'm creating prints and stickers and all kinds of merch that people can use with messages of encouragement, messages of advocacy and wokeness. And -hmm. I want to make sure that people have something to take home with them. Oh, that is wonderful. Now, you know, you said you focus on illustrations. How would you describe your aesthetic, Jeremy? How would you describe it? Yeah, so my aesthetic for my art is very diverse, I will say. Like, sometimes I love drawing architecture and plans. I don't usually share those things. But then also, I really love just for my artwork to look like I, I drew it. Like, when I was five years old, I sketched it in a little book. I colored it in and I handed it to you. So mm-hmm. when, when people receive my merch, you're really going to see like, you're going to see the pencil strokes. You're going to see the, the, the mess, mess ups in the art because I don't want it to be so perfect where it's like not feasible for people, like where they feel like, you know, like that's not for me in my house. But I want it to be somewhat simple, but very strong in the message. So I like it to be very acceptable for the community and for it to just look like, you know, I drew it on my sketchbook, I ripped it out, I drew it for you, here you go. But really, I printed it like 20, 100 times, and it looks like I, print, I sketched it in my sketchbook, but I made it just for you. So I'm really excited for that, and it's been a really awesome experience. Yes, well, I would definitely support, you know, this art venture that you're tapping into. And what date did you say that you were going to? Um, yes, yeah, so- August 14th. August 14th. Okay. Wow, that's tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow's one day. <laughs> okay, okay. And is it a website people can go to, or are you going to be doing it on your, um, you know, social media platforms? How are you going to promote it? Yes, I have a website. Um, I suggest we design my website so we have a new platform to share everything like Lacomina and Jeremy. It's LacomineJeremy.com, and there will be an actual art shop on it. Yes. Okay. Okay. Look, I'm ready to tap on that website and check <laughs> out your work. I love art and, um, you know, art has always been a passion uh, of mine as well, starting at a very young age like you, but I haven't been tapping into it and I've been wanting to like get a sketchbook and start working on some things. So I, you are encouraging me to do that, Jeremy. I'm just going to let you know yeah. that. <laughs> you have to make a turn. You have to make that turn. Yes. Now, something that you've mentioned um, is your... Um, advocacy work and in activism in memphis now um what does activism look like in memphis for the latino community yeah so it's been a challenging one i will say with the state um for this is a very conservative state and so when it comes to things like latinx especially those that are undocumented and immigrants and you know trying to figure it out in a new country it's very difficult. So I work for a local nonprofit here in town, and we do great work. We are one of the only nonprofits in the Mid-South that does, like, immigration work, advocacy work, education. We do a little bit of everything. And so 
I will say it's challenging. We're a small team, and a lot of times we're at capacity, but we continue to do the work because we know it's needed. So the largest populations for the Latino um, community here are Guatemalans, Venezuelans, Mexicans. We have a lot of Hondurans. And, you know, we have a lot of um, people who are, we, we try not to call them immigrants or undocumented. We like to use the terminology new and aspiring Americans. Mm-hmm. And it's just a newer way to say, you know, the new, the new Americans that are here and that we want to help out. And so, you know, we have legislation that are always trying to be passed to attack our community, and we have to find new ways to get around them or beat them. We like to work on things like DACA. Like, DACA is always being attacked, and, you know, the administration tried to attack it recently, but thankfully they turned it down because it was illegal the way they tried to go about it. Right. And so we we try to find ways. So, like, we have kids who are undocumented that want to go to university, and they don't know that they have the tools and that they're able to go, um, we just have to find a way around it. And so we, we find these resources for them, for their families, and we try to make their lives here in Shelby County the best that it can be. And we're always working with, you know, like the county and the city, and we go to the capital to talk to our legislators, sometimes to our legislators, and we, we want to make sure that they know that these people exist, they're here to stay, and they're part of our community, so let's support them. Yes, and the work that you're doing is so important because I remember when, um, you know, DACA was being attacked by the current administration. You know, it was in the news so much, but I don't see a lot of reporting on this entire situation anymore. But I know that it still exists and it's like an ongoing battle to, you know, keep the rights for as you say, the new American. So I applaud you for doing this work, Jeremy, because I know the battle is still going on right now with the current administration. Oh, wow. Speaking of the current administration, did you hear the news that Joe Biden chose Kamala Harris as his VP choice (laughs) on, uh, what was it, yesterday or the day before? No, it was yesterday. So what are your thoughts on that, a black woman chosen for the VP? So I I know, you know, it's like a very controversial topic and people are just like, you know, to to basically work with the police and, Mm -hmm. you know, to support it, something that isn't really for the black and brown community. But I I will say, like, you know, I'm I'm proud of this moment. I'm excited to see a person of color at the White House again. Um, hopefully we can we can make that change in November. I'm really excited for the election, but I really hope that we're able to, you know, put this, this black woman into the White House, like, so that we can make some change, because these past four years have been difficult as hell, yes. and we have to, we have to make some, some good moves, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I, it's a hard decision, and I don't think it was, you know, something that everybody wanted, but this is where we are, so let's, let's support it. And let's, you know, you know, beat the man that's in the White House right now because we got to get him out. We got to get that man out of here. And you know what? The thing about a woman VP choice, just in general, if she wasn't black, if she was white or whatever, it seems to me like a woman running for such a huge position is like shunned upon for some reason. I I mean, I even think when Hillary ran, how she just had so much opposition like being a woman is so hard you know what I'm saying like we just get it coming from all different type of ways but 
I was happy. Um, I was shocked. I was really thinking that uh, he was going to go with Susan Rice. But, okay, he went with my sorority sister, Kamala Harris. Okay. Because, remember, <laughs> okay. she roasted the mess out of him on that debate. I was like, right. whoa. <laughs> but, yeah. hey, they're coming together for the greater good. So, hopefully, you know, they'll be a good team, and we'll see how this election goes. I hope it goes the Biden Harris way. I pray. <laughs> uh, me too. And, and actually, I had the pleasure of seeing, you know, all the Democratic candidates last year because of my advocacy work. Um, they were all at a conference that I attended and they all spoke. And, you know, they, they spoke so eloquently. And I will say, like, regardless of her politics, I, I'm very excited to have a woman, um, especially with my platform. Like, I always want to support women, especially women of color. Like, I was raised by my mom, my grandma, and my aunt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I had that that relationship with my dad, but there were some years I didn't speak to him. So, like, mainly it was women in my life, women of color, mm-hmm. that were hustling, making moves, yes. trying to put food on our table, pay the bills. And so I'm like, yes. exactly. I'm like, women need to be supported. <laughs> and so, like, let, let's highlight them and let's, let's support them. Yes. Well, we appreciate you for supporting all of us, Jeremy. And speaking of women, I know that you heard the buzz about this new Cardi B and Meg B Stallion song. What? What are your thoughts on what? Jeremy. Oh my goodness. I've recently got back on Twitter and I see the mixed comments. But you know, I, I, I've always been a supporter of any woman that is willing to speak about her body parts. And, you know, like bring it to the masses. And I'm very excited for Cardi B. Like Cardi B's from New York. I also grew up in New York and yeah. spent time there. You know, Megan is, is, is she's amazing and I love her. And yeah. so, you know, whether and I'm also, you know, I have a potty now. Like my grandmother, we love to say curse words. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was all for it. I'm very excited for this song. You know, it's it's the anthem right now. We we can't have a summer, so this is gonna be our summer anthem. Okay, okay, yeah, uh, the the ladies, uh, they got a lot of backlash on this song, but the women are running the rap game right now, I will say that, I mean, women right. are at the top of the Billboard charts, they have the, the hit singles out right now, so I think they're unstoppable, and <laughs> they're just gonna put more music out, and you can't stop them, so I am loving the video, have you seen the video, Jeremy? Yeah, it was everything that, that okay, but I will say I don't know, I wasn't really too happy to see Kylie in there. <laughs> oh, everyone is saying that. Why why you yeah. say that, Jeremy? What's the thing with, with Kylie Jenner and the whole Kardashian brand? What what's up? Why you didn't like seeing Kylie walk down that aisle in the in the house in the hallway? <laughs> so I, I I will say that I'm a Kardashian fan. I, I do watch the show, I love them. But with this song, I was like, no, like, it's a woman of color. Like, why did you bring her in here? And I will say, like, you know, she's rich and all that good stuff, and, you know, she's pretty. But let's, let's, we could have put somebody else, especially because I think she had the longest scene. Like, her walking scene was too long. And like, so she was, was like, running that house, know? baby. She was right. over the house. <laughs> and I was like, we could have replaced her with somebody else, a beautiful black or Latina woman. Like, yeah. what, what happened there? Yeah. Yep, and, you know, Cardi came out and said that, I guess she has, you know, they have mutual relationships, so I guess maybe she did business with her mom, Kris Jenner, and, you know, the whole thing with Meg 
was shot that night they were hanging out in the pool together so okay okay that's the connection but okay whatever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, whatever we'll take it because we like yeah. the song we'll take exactly. it <laughs> okay so if i was hanging out with you uh jeremy when you know this whole corona mess ends and we go out for lunch and you came to pick me up what would i hear on your radio playing on your playlist like what's the top three songs you digging right now Jeremy so I don't know what the top three songs but I will say like I have a lot of <laughs> I have a lot of genres on replay yeah what's the I, genres I'm always proud of my Latinx and Puerto Rican culture so it's always some salsa some reggaeton and you know some hip hop and R&B because I did grow up in an urban city mm-hmm. and so it was just a mix of everything and so those are the main things that I play and love to listen to. I love reggaeton because it is very familiar to rap. Um, it did come from the rap culture, except it's in Spanish. It has a little bit more cursed words, a little bit more some song added to it. Yeah. But I also just love rap because I, I grew up up north near New York City where I'm a huge fan of New York City rappers. I know, I know I'm in the South, <laughs> and yeah. you know, we have some good people around here, but... But I, I will say, like, I, I'm a fan of the New York City rap, and I think it, it's an amazing, amazing movement. So that's those are my my thing. So if you come with me on a little ride around town, you definitely hear that. Yes, yes. Well, me and you can hang out, Jeremy. Me and you can definitely yes. hang out. <laughs> yes. Well, Jeremy, I have definitely enjoyed you today on the Verbally Effective Podcast. You have walked us through your journey and you are doing some amazing things in this city with, you know, activism and with being a content creator. And I applaud you for all the work that you're doing. You're doing art and activism, art, um, activism and cooking as well. And, you know, I just wish you the best of luck. And at this time, I would love for you to let everyone know how they can see and follow the amazing work that you're doing, Jeremy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I was really loving talking to you. You've been amazing. Thank um, you. So everyone can check me out. Um, most of my platforms are at La Comida Didemi. I know it's a really long one, so I'll spell it out really quickly. So it's L-A-C-O-M-I-D-A-B-E, and then Jeremy is with an I-E at the end. And so I'm on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, my website, and also on Twitter. And they can see that merch and purchase that merch Starting on okay. the 14th, the 14th, <laughs> August 14th. <laughs> Payday. <laughs> Look, y'all support my boy Jeremy Serrano in his new endeavor with his illustrations. And check out his YouTube as well. He is doing some amazing things. I know a lot of you out there are thinking about going vegan. Jeremy can help you with some recipes to get started. So check him out. And thank you so much, Jeremy, for joining me today on the Verbally Effective Podcast. Thank you.